0: We're taking on the zombie masses today on script to screen. With the Netflix release of Army of the Dead, Kenyatta, Mark and I talk about the beginnings of the zombie genre from George A. Romero classics to the unkillable franchise Walking Dead, while we talk about Zack Snyder's return to the horror genre. Remember, you can join the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com and RSVP for an online screenwriters forum, peer reviewing scripts, giving feedback on fellow writers' work while networking with them as well. We hope to see you at one of them. You can also find our entry for this year's Boston's 48-Hour Film Project on my YouTube page. Link in the description. Enjoy the podcast. So I want to give a welcome to uh, screenwriters, aspiring writers, film lovers, and everyone in between to the latest episode of Script to Screen, the Boston Screenwriters Group podcast, hosted by myself, Jeffrey Chang-Stewart, Kenyatta Hoskins, and Mark Liddell, where we come in and discuss and give screenwriter, film love. Filmmaker and film lover perspective on movies and various other forms of media related topics. Whenever you're giving us a listen morning, noon or night, we hope to be a great part of your listening cues. We know the world is a little off off kilter at the moment, but we hope to be a good part of the stuff in your day with these in depth discussions on film tv streaming and other things we love i'll start with the intros i've been a co-organizer of the Boston screenwriters group for over five years helping out the founder deborah sharif with the meetups where we help any level of experienced screenwriter peer review the screenplays with other members i'm also a local filmmaker on the lower end of budgets but i'm always up with i'm always down with coming up with moving ideas and always ready to film now with all that settled, i'll pass it off to my co-organizer and friend kenyatta
1: uh, good morning yeah this is kenyatta hoskins co-organizer of the boston screenwriters group for uh over four years now i've been a member for over five years and i'm happy to be here to talk about um, movies thank you
2: and i'm mark liddell longtime boston area educator uh, and lover of movies um former kind of repertory uh actor in michigan um and thrilled that the summer season is upon us. Um, I'm a lover of movies and haven't been in the theater for over 14 months. Went back for the first time yesterday, so I'm happy to be back talking about movies
0: and seeing them in theater. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, theaters are opening up. Um, you know, we got uh, all of uh, two days of uh, two days of good summer weather, and then we went right back to uh, fall weather. Uh, this weekend over in Boston, it's down 50 degrees with wind and rain and over overcast. But uh, hopefully hopefully we'll get back on track uh, soon, both with theaters and the weather. But uh, today we're talking about uh, another uh, another uh, uh, a streaming release, uh, both, uh, I believe it went to some theaters, but mostly streaming release uh, Army of the Dead uh, from... Uh, another person another director we've talked about earlier Zack Snyder uh coming back to sort of his roots if you will in uh, terms of filmmaking with uh, uh, with a, a zombie uh, zombie invasion movie and uh we thought what does we always like to do we always like to go over the history of uh sort of these tropes and these themes um that have been and how they became sort of popularized uh, all the way up to uh all the way up to now, all the way up to you know, now, with uh, zombies sort of uh, ruling the, uh, you know, before superhero movies came along, pretty much the zombies, uh, zombies ruled the roost in terms of uh, what was the what was the driving force of media with a lot of, with uh, a lot of uh, a lot of adaptations to the screen and TV. So I guess we want to go. Let's turn the clock all the way back to Georgie the the. The, the Godfather at all, George Romero, and uh, Night of the Living Dead, which uh, is still a uh, just seminal seminal piece of horror in sixties uh, sixties horror filmmaking, uh, and and uh, uh, is going to want to start us off there with uh, sort of uh, talking about uh, their. Their experiences with uh sort of the first sort of wave of uh zombie uh, uh sort of zombie movies
2: sure you know G- george romero we know Night of the living dead um is the first in this kind of modern vision of the zombie I just want to say one thing and not really delve into it that deeply but just the notion of of zombies and, and zombie movies kind of predates Romero, even though he's seen as the godfather of the modern zombie um, the idea of the zombie was often tied to um, the country of Haiti um, and the, and the Vodou. They call it Vodou. Voodoo uh, practice there. Yeah, the belief was that, in some circles, that the victories of Haiti over the three largest and most powerful uh, militaries of the world at the time—British, Spanish, and French—was because they had some magical power bringing back the dead to increase their numbers. Right. That's where this kind of thing starts. And there are a number of movies in the early days of filmmaking that kind of touch upon uh, zombies, but nothing to the level of a George Romero where we see the first kind of uh, wave or onslaught of these zombies that are taking over this, this um, uh, idea that zombies are bringing about some type of wrath upon human beings, That's he's the first uh, in that regard. But yeah, Romero takes the idea of the zombie that was again linked in some ways to Haiti. Um, there's a racial element to it. And he weaves in the story, a racial element as well. So from the very beginning of the modern horror uh, uh, movie, the zombies, as far as zombies are concerned, there's a racial element to it from the lead character controversially being a black man. Um, and from Romero's uh, seminal Night of the Living Dead, come all these other incarnations of them um, which are all kind of um, variations on his theme, and you know, once we get into discussion about Army of the Dead in, in, in depth, uh, I'll, I'll talk about some of the, the, the deviations of how he kind of they, they veered from that idea. But um, yeah, that movie was seminal. It, it, it set the, the tone, and the pace, and the ideas and the rules around what was happening in the, the zombie world.
0: You want to go, Kenyatta?
1: Oh, okay. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, no, okay. So it's 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 interesting that you say that, uh, Mark, about the whole idea probably started from like you said, the Haitian Revolution, increasing in numbers, you know, resurrecting the dead and so on and so forth. And um I know I'm kind of skipping all the way to the Army of the Dead. So basically, you know, um that's what the that's what the um that's how it started, Army of the Dead it's like this whole thing of, you know, resurrecting dead to use them as soldiers. So, so, so that, that's just, just based on what you just said, it's like they just totally used our whole narrative that, you know, cause this, you know, that's that's definitely way back in the day, you know, way, 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 way back in the day. So, um, yeah, in terms of uh, one of the first uh, zombie movies I saw was Night of the Living Dead. And um, maybe you guys can re- remind me when that movie came out. You know, it was in black and white. When did that come out? In the 60s? Yeah, 68,
2: 68
1: I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 68, okay. Yeah, and... And, you know, I was I was younger, too. So. um, Yeah, it was very terrifying. And, you know, um, actually, I I, I saw it when I was probably um, a teenager, because somebody uh, let me borrow, you know, back in the day, we had videotapes and it'll be multiple movies on one videotape. And that was one of them. And um, and that's how, it, that's how I saw it. And it's like, it, I was like, this is the first time that scene, like, because back back in the day, it was a stereotype that we, whenever we had, uh, a pro, you know, a Black person in, in a horror film, that they die, like, right away. <laughs> you know? And this is the first time I saw uh, you know, a person who's Black, uh, not only were they the lead, but they survived, basically, the whole entire movie. So that, to me, was different. And and the whole George Romero, um, I guess you could call it, um, I'm not saying the sequels, but the whole Romero verse is like, um, I'm a a huge fan from um, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead and um, I think he did Land of the Dead. And then there was, I think he did a couple of remakes I even saw the uh, Diary of the Dead and um, there was another one, I can't think of it, where it was uh, his, he made one recently, like a few years back, that I would think a survival of the dead uh, that a lot of people probably didn't see. And, um, you know, so it was definitely his earlier works were, were the best, um, but they see they seem that, you know, I uh, have a lot of social commentary. I I don't quite know what it was for Night of the Living Dead, but it probably had something to do with racism at the time. But Dawn and Dead, it was about consumerism. And, um, you know, so there was some social, con he had, he, he had some social commentary connected to his, his films. And, um, yeah, all of them were in, in, impactful. Um, and... You know, I, a lot, I know some people say they're tired of the um the the genre, but to this day, I still, you know, I'm still a fan of of it, you know, because I remember when Return of Love Dead, that really shocked me. And that's, you know, that had nothing to do with uh, George Romero, but um, I think his name was Dan O'Bannon. And um, that's the very first time I've seen a zombie film where, They were fast. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I was like, when I saw that, I was like, what the how the hell can you? And not only that, you couldn't even shoot, like, usually you could shoot the zombies in the brain and will stop them. This one, not only could were they fast, but they were also you couldn't just, you know, blow their brains out and, and be done with. They kept coming. The only way you could stop them is if you just Chopped up into little pieces, and they couldn't move anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I just, you know, I like how they kind of upped the ante from the. I guess because like the whole there's so, so many zombie films that they kind of had to um, reinvigorate the genre somehow by changing up stuff. You know, by by throwing something new. You know, because you know you had the Italian. Uh, you know, directors, you know, you have movies like Zombie and I, I think there was, there were sequels and then, you know, um children shouldn't play with dead things. I remember I still happened to see um it was one of those films um I think it was on um uh I don't know if people remember they had the drive in Billy Bob I think his name was he used to host he used to play films. And this was already playing, so I, you know, I was, you know, start watching it. You know, it was a low budget film, and and it's get there. I ain't gonna lie, it was kind of scary because, you know, at the end they 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 got on the boat and they were going towards New York. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, so and I and you know Zach Snyder, he. Um, I think one of his first films was the remake The Daughter Dead. I can't remember if he made a film before that. But that was um it was a very good sequel. And like I said, you know, trying to do something fresh and new to this, you know, the whole horror genre by having a, a zombie baby. <laughs> you know, that was like one of the uh things that people talk about when they see that film. So um you know trained to Busan and you know, so it's like uh after a while you have to do something new to kind of reinvigorate the, the, the genre because sometimes, uh you know, people will get kind of tired of the genre if you keep doing the same old thing. So that's my kind of spiel of my experiences on um, films, um, you know.
2: And then there are, movies, there are movies that some might say are not zombie movies, but are zombie-esque. I, I'm thinking of um, 28 Days Later. Technically, the individuals in those movies are not zombies, they're actually hit with a virus that they're still alive, but they're behaving in ways we think of zombies behaving. And they've got all the, the um, dexterity and movement and whatnot of a normal being human being because they are, then they're not dead. Um, so I kind of lumped those also into the zombie category. Um but I think part of what you mentioned, Kenyatta, about people being tired of, of zombie genre, the kind of zombie fatigue, is because, you know, we've seen this kind of uh reemergence of zombie uh programming with um fear of each other, the walking dead and fear of the walking dead and that whole kind of uh series. They've had a number of Walking Dead series. Um and I think a lot of folks over the last, I guess, decade or so have seen these shows and said, okay, this has been done to the hilt. We don't have any other angles on it. And I think what this movie um, Army of the Dead does extremely well is it adds a little something to what has been a kind of a stale genre. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for zombie movies too, I, I, but I do recognize that um, most of the zombie movies tend to be about a band of people just trying to find sanctuary or find a sanctuary, um, or you know, a solution as to how they're gonna cure the zombie situation, right? Um in this movie, um, because they do introduce a heist element to it, um, and just kind of a a, a clock, right? So there'll be a nuke um dropped on Vegas at a certain time. You've added in the stakes. We're going to die if we don't we don't get out of the situation and you've got uh, an actual um piece of motivation or incentive for doing something other than just finding shelter um which is a pro and a con because after a while we recognize there's a different timetable uh, as to what's going to go on makes you wonder why do they still persist in i guess the mission and say like, well, okay um <laughs> just abandon the, the mission um but yeah, because he he introduces the heist piece, because we know that you know their time is limited in that space, they got to get out of it quickly, um, and because there's the element of these zombies, at least some of them in, in this hierarchy, being somewhat intelligent, even able to negotiate things, those are all new kind of wrinkles, which makes this somewhat fresh. Um, I'm happy that he did that, because I, I was thinking it would be just a typical zombie movie again, but no, he adds these elements that make it... Uh, Refreshing Hmm.
0: Yeah so I guess my experience With um, you know zombie uh, Zombie movies and zombie lore Kind of is uh, uh, sort of more Modernized uh, because um, Outside of Night of the Living Dead I haven't seen Much more from uh, George A. Romero's Catalog um, I haven't seen sort of the, the, the 70s uh, all the way to up to the 90s, but uh, zombie, uh, the zombie movies uh, from uh, Romero or uh, other filmmakers. But uh, I, I kind of uh, caught on sort of in the mid aughts, uh, if you will. And starting with uh, 28 Days Later, which, yes, technically it's not a zombie movie, but uh, I mean, uh, the rage, uh, uh, the rage virus acts sort of uh, in in a similar vein as to uh, a zombie outbreak, um, just turning, uh, uh, turning the people infected into sort of just, uh, uh, just, uh, uh, just a, a, uh, animalistic and uh, primal and just uh, they don't have any sort of uh, they don't have any more sense of humanity in them and uh, uh, that carried on to uh, Shaun of the Dead and uh, uh, as Mark mentioned uh, the Walking Dead series uh, the Walking Dead franchise uh, which is still go- still going on uh, after I don't know how many seasons or, or so um, Unfortunately you know, <laughs> well, yeah, unfortunately It's like uh, It's like your Daytime soap opera With zombies It just keeps on going And going And going uh, But yeah So that leads us to Sort of uh, Army of the Dead Um uh, sort of uh, going back to the, the just uh, bare bones, if you will, uh, zombie movie that uh, here's this outbreak, they were able to contain it. Uh, but this, uh, you know, roguish band of uh, uh, of misfits and uh, uh uh and uh, people that have no <laughs> some some just have nothing better to do than just to go back into a uh uh just and face the zombie horde but uh yeah it's it, it you just go it, it, there's really not much else uh uh it, there's really no complication well I mean there's complications but there's really no sort of uh uh other overall like um, uh, like wrinkles or any anything that would really distract from just uh, you know uh, Dave Bautista uh, going around with uh, uh, an assault rifle, uh, taking out uh, you know uh, uh, hordes of uh, of zombies that are attacking him. Um, yeah, it's very it's it's just very stripped down. It's very uh, uh, just going back to what. Um, uh, you know, it just gives the thrills of what I, I think uh, modern audiences want out of uh, zombie movies uh, now, uh, especially with uh, so much, uh, you know, so much, uh, uh, so, so much done with the, so much done within the genre. I mean, we were getting fatigued probably, you know, ten years ago, uh, and uh, it sort of uh, died out uh, there. But, um, yeah, as, as we've sort of pointed out the zombie movies have been around, you know, uh, going on, uh, you know, they've been in the movies for, since, you know, 68 officially, but, you know, they've been in a, uh, folklore, uh, as, as Mark mentioned with, uh, um, the Haitian revolution and, uh, uh the, the stories and mythology that's that sprung up from that. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't I don't have a lot to say about Army of the Dead other than yeah, if you really if you'd like if you if you like the genre I'm sure you'll find something that uh um yeah, that'll pique your interest but uh um there's well yeah, there's I mean you you can read into a, a little bit with uh, you know and that's mostly because of when this was released and when it was filmed about you know quarantines and people infected and um, you know people getting tested you know especially the, the scene where um, uh, they're they're taking people's temperature with a, uh, a digital thermometer uh, that's now very uh, prevalent in uh uh, in our social awareness and everything. Uh, of course they didn't know that when, uh, you know, that they were filming, but, uh, uh, uh it just, or befe- did they, <laughs> or did they, <laughs> or did they, that is a good, good, very good question to ask the filmmakers. How aware were they? When did they know? Um, yeah, uh, I guess I'll, I'll let uh, I'll, I'll let the other people on the panel uh, sort of take out the. I'll, I'll try to respond, but yeah, I'll, I'll respond when I can about uh, Army of the right. Dead.
1: The, the the original Dawn of the Dead, um, George, no Romero, is like it, to me the creepiness. It was it was. Let me tell you something. it Was even though it was an older film that probably didn't have the special effects that they have today, but they used kind of like the old school. I always, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the old school way they used to do makeup and effects. You know, like, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the um, um, American Way of London, how they used the, uh, you know, old school way of doing special effects and everything. And even uh, Francis Ford Coppola with Dracula and um dawn of dead is pretty much you know exemplary of how they use makeup back in the day and it was like it was relentless man um the way they would the zombies would tear people apart and so on and so forth um <clears throat> and they kind of had a documentary feel to it like they were reporting and you know they had the broadcast and the way they were reporting you know, how to get rid of them. And they were kind of talking about it, the scientific part of it, you know. And even it was like a lot of religion, they talk about a lot of religion, how the reason why uh, this is happening because there's no more room in, in hell. so 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 therefore, this is like this kind of purgatory. So to me, that adds to the creepiness element to it. You know, so it's like, the the horror element instead of you know um I th- I think after a while they try to make it more action and they even you know went some comedic uh they went comedic ways you know uh sometimes as well. But um and like I said one of the pivotal things. One of the pivotal films in the in in the in the, in the um, zombie horror genre was like I said, Return of the Liver Dead. What imp- you know, um to me, in terms of the genre, what impact that the impact of that movie what made it so impactful is that, like I said, um you could shoot them in the head. They were they were fast. And then this kept coming. Kind of remind me of like the Terminator, how the Terminator it's like it will keep coming until it, you have to completely get rid of it, like dissolve it or whatever you you know you can do. But they were that was which was probably hard to do because they they keep coming after you. And that concept was in Return of the Dead because even after you, um, because what happens a lot it even happened in Army Dead how like when the solution to blow them up even that's not a solution in Return of the Dead because once you blow them all up, you could nuke them up. What happens is bodies burn up and then when when they get burnt to ashes and then the the smoke from it, it gets into the clouds and when it rains, that rain becomes, you know, like a toxin and it would turn you like, you know, into a zombie. So it's kind of like, to me, that's a lot of, a lot of films don't do that where it's like you can't get rid of them you know and that's one of the first and only movies I could think of that was like that um, now um, in terms of Armony of the Dead I think you know uh, like you said after all The Walking Dead then you have to spin off Fear of the Walking Dead then you had um, there's, there's a, a, another one I just can't I tried to watch it I was like no way I'm going to finish watching it. I mean I'm not going past the first episode I can't think of, there was one yeah, other that, that spin third
2: spinoff. I, I I watched the first one, too. I'm like, nah, I'm not watching. What it. was the name of that? I've forgotten what it was called, but the problem that I had with it was, well, not the problem, but I think what they were trying to do is they are trying to make it centered around, like, teens. I thought They, they thought there yeah. was a new angle. They could get teen-centered, Walking Dead. And not that I, I, I'm against teens, but it's like, okay, it's the same thing. Just put teens in it. No, we have to have a different idea, a different story, something that's going to energize it. Not just because the
1: age group is different. Right, right. At least make it, you know, it Fear of the Walking Dead, I tried to watch uh, I hung in there a little bit. But um, anyways, because it was just so saturated, you know, with all this, you know, this the whole zombie thing is... It needs some kind of something to reinvigorate it. And I think Army Dead is trying to try to do that. I mean, come on, the tiger. That was that was pretty, you know, it was pretty dope right there. And then had he's riding a horse and then he introduced aliens, you know, so basically how it started out was, you know, like I said, they're they're trying to make super soldiers but they're trying to um use the alien DNA. And then somehow, you know, w- during an experiment, you know, you have these, this the kind of like a zombie hybrid, you know, um, alien and probably human DNA. That's what I'm guessing what it was. So those are the mm-hmm. alphas. And then, because before, like a lot of zombie films, they don't have animals being zombies, Just only humans. So that right. was, that was, that was an added element to it. And, um, you know, so they try, and then then you had the whole time loop. I thought that was interesting. I don't know how many people like that part, but it, it was funny. it's like they kept trying to get you know this guy. He's uh, <clears throat> he's not being you know he's, he's not being forthcoming. What, what his goal is, he's making them think this is a heist. Cause like I was curious, it's like if this, if this is a zombie comp. Uh, apocalypse it's like what good is money <laughs> you know what right. i'm saying because like there's a movie called uh the, the the sequel to train of uh busan called peninsula and that was kind of like a um they were trying to retrieve a whole bunch of money so i'm like what good is money if we have a, a zombie apocalypse so um maybe you guys could share a little bit more light maybe i missed something maybe i need to see it again but um but it was interesting how like the first group they failed he went to get another group that's similar so it's kind of i thought that was kind of an like, interesting uh element that he brought to it so he's trying to do something fresh here with the film so you could, uh i guess you guys could comment on what yeah that so i said
2: <laughs> so the you know that was my thing too you know one of the wrinkles is that you know again money is pointless if this is a, a zombie apocalypse now The only way this could actually be meaningful, the money could be meaningful is if they could guarantee they're gonna isolate these zombies to this area and then nuke it and it's all over. And they understand the properties like you mentioned before that I guess uh, the the smoke or the ash or whatever the residue won't cause more zombies. If they understand that, then fine, maybe that works. But uh, certainly, um, you know, that is an incentive for some people who seemingly were misfits, in some cases, down on their luck, really nothing to lose, kind of folk. Those are the only people who might want to engage in this pursuit. But um, you know, once it was apparent that they were going to die, um, it, I don't know why they kept on going. I mean, even the idea that they're going to be, you know, in Vegas and out, and the bomb would come the next day. Still, for me, I'm like mm, that's still cutting it too close. <laughs> but but uh, for them, I guess that was enough. And then once they cut it back a day and they only had, only had hours, it's like, come on now, why are you even bothering with this pursuit? Um, this idea of, like you said, money is meaningless. But that—that that is, I guess, the carrot they're putting out in front of this group. My issue is, once we know we have these somewhat intelligent uh, zombies, at least the hierarchy of them, what is their incentive to even negotiate? That's the bigger question. It's like, if your goal as a zombie, and it seemed like from the opening credits, it was like most other zombie movies in the sense that they want to eat human flesh, why are you negotiating? And why is the sacrifice of one enough for them to justify that whole crew walking throughout Vegas? You would think that even if they were intelligent or unintelligent, it wouldn't matter. They want to eat your flesh. And there's a finite amount of human flesh available in that space, so we need to go ahead and eat you. Negotiations can't happen because there's not enough flesh to go around uh, to sustain all those zombies that are there. So that's a bigger issue for me is why would they be willing to negotiate knowing that there's not enough food to sustain the rest of the zombie horde?
0: Yeah, there, there's some interesting ideas presented. Like, I, I definitely like the idea that there's a hierarchy of zombies. You know, some have more, you know, functionality and, uh, you know, sentience than others uh, that were infected. Uh, but it doesn't really go anywhere because at the end, it's just uh, really just, again, it's just all a whole horde of zombies, you know, getting uh, uh uh, getting uh, uh, getting a uh, getting a assault rifle like f- uh, fire to the face uh or into the head uh and there's just what there's just the, there's of course the one you know alpha that's sort of uh, roaming around and uh, kind of becomes the final boss if you will uh that you have to that uh, you have to dispatch um, but uh the, there's the, yeah again there's a lot of, there's there's some idea. i think uh, the idea of the the money th- thing i think uh, you know, maybe I'm stretching it a little bit. They're they're trying to go back to sort of uh, you know the roots of George A. Romero and his and his uh, especially his uh, his later uh, zombie works about consumerism. You know the the uh, the zombies attacking a mall and uh, you know but uh, in that uh, uh, money is sort of money is uh, sort of uh, just worthless when uh, everything else is just going to hell. But um, uh, yeah, the, I, the the idea that the that there's the hierarchy of zombies is probably the most interesting sort of thing, but uh, they don't really develop it beyond sort of um, the initial sort of uh, uh, the initial sort of recognition that there's uh, the, the, what what happens when you become infected in this uh, you know in this adaptation.
1: Yeah, because I you know. Um... It, it, it was he was he going for any social commentary in this one? Because like in the past zombie films that's what they did because <clears throat> i guess there's always a question you know the importance of money like um you know corporations that could get so greedy that the bottom line is the most important thing it's like profits over people so here this seems like that money is so important that um such a premium put on it it's like even during a in a zombie apocalypse where it's like okay you have hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for for, for what <laughs> unless you're just trying to like you're hoping for like there's going to be some resolution you know this to be found to kind of um get rid of this whole you know zombie thing and 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 by that time, that happens, you know, you know, you you know, accumulate all this wealth that you can use later on. I don't know. That's that's. I'm just trying to think. You know. So why, my understanding
2: why, is, it's limited, right? Is the zombie um, kind of horde limited to the Vegas area, or is that <clears> just what my own interpretation? Because if it's limited, no, there, yeah, yeah, again,
0: you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So the uh, yeah, they quarantine uh, Vegas uh, and they sort of. Uh, are able to contain it there, um, oh, okay? Yeah, the, so it isn't uh, so it isn't like uh, like uh, Dawn of the Dead where it's it's worldwide and uh, there's no escape. Uh, the it's sort of um, I'm trying to remember. It's sort of like Escape from New York with zombies. Uh, uh, th- right. th- that was my initial thought. Oh, he's just doing you know he's just mashing sort of these two movies together, uh, and um, uh, but yeah. So my my, my complaint about the money thing, you
2: know, is that it doesn't not helpful Mm. to you if you're dead right right again if you could find a way to get away from vegas and if they can Mm -hmm. isolate they can quarantine and then blow up vegas then you know wherever you happen to be on the planet yes you could use the money there Mm -hmm. or if it even leaks out of vegas uh slowly um because vegas in itself is, is fairly isolated being out in the desert you know it would take a while i would imagine for these zombies to make it all the way to i don't know um, like India or someplace, you can be over there or be, you know, in, in the South Pacific someplace, and never ever in your lifetime encounter the zombies. I guess in that sense, maybe money would matter, but um, yeah, I just think one of the, the problems again with this whole nuke idea is that if this were the case, there's far too many people in and around the Vegas area, even um, after they've been trying to send people away. Uh, to kind of justify it. The the, the Omari Hardwood character somehow walks to a, uh, an airfield somewhere, <laughs> like where is, he, where is this airfield? Did he just walk for several days or what? where is it? Because there's nothing, I mean, Vegas is pretty isolated and there's seemingly people there, flight attendants, uh, pilots, passengers. Why are they still there? And then why did these characters believe that after a nuke was dropped on Vegas, because they made it outside the city limits that they'd be okay. Mm. <laughs> like, with enough from radiation, simply mm-hmm. being a few feet away from the city
0: limits is not gonna stop you from from getting poisoned by it, right? He he walks very well for someone who's irradiated from a nuclear a nuclear blast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, Man's I guess by a zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. that's what I was just gonna see. Yeah, maybe I don't know the the bite from the zombie is protecting him from that uh, on that end, but uh, he's going to you know infect Mexico now uh, from uh, if the uh, epilogue is to sort of uh, be believed. Um,
1: yeah, but I guess my confusion too, like. And okay, if he was infected, it's like, what took him so long to turn? Because it looked like some, I don't know how, the time frame from the bomb dropping to when he got on that plane. So I'm not sure how much time has gone by. Uh, but still, I, I thought, like, once you get bit, you get, mm-hmm. when you. I thought they turned, like, pretty much right away. But, because usually, like, World War Z, World War Z mm-hmm. remember he, that Brad Pitt character timed it. So uh, before they turned into a zombie. So I thought that once you got bit. So that's what, you know, kind of like the inconsistency. Why why did it take him so long, you know, to to turn?
0: You're muted, Mark.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's the inconsistency, like along the lines of uh, one of my favorite, not zombie, but vampire movies, like from Death Till Dawn, where the Harvey Keitel character is able to sustain a bite and, and last for seemingly hours or whatever uh, without turning into a vampire, yet other characters are bitten and turned immediately. So it's like that's, with a movie, a, a horror genre movie where someone turns into something off of a bite or exposure to something, there needs to be consistency around it. Um, and in this case, there's clearly not consistency with the, at least this character, the Hardwood character. Um, yeah, that's kind of, it's frustrating. I guess it just simply allows um, there to be a sequel because he's on a plane going to Mexico City and maybe the next film will be set set there, Um, which is much scarier because there are many more people in Mexico City than in Vegas. Um, Then there'll be, I guess, uh, uh, a Trumpian uh, stampede of folks crossing the southern border who are zombies because they're in Mexico. I don't know.
0: Yeah, the sort of uh, uh, the timing mechanism in order for you, in order for you to be infected and to you know uh, become uh, become zombie uh, sort of uh, uh, sort of varies depending on uh, your importance to the plot. You know, um, there was the person in the beginning. You know, the first person that sort of gets it. Uh, uh, she's fighting off. Uh, you know that. Um, uh, she, she's fighting off sort of the, uh, all those, um, all the zombies in the, in that, in, the, in that hallway or that, uh, sort of, uh, um, uh, that, uh, underground sort of, uh, the, 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 the underground sort of, uh, facility sort of place. And then, um, like she turns like fairly quickly, like just in a few minutes, uh, and, um, but, uh. Uh, yeah again as with most uh as what happens with this uh is the, the uh the, the zombie genre the 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 time in which you you, you change varies uh, you know there's always the person that gets bitten but doesn't tell anybody and hides it uh that didn't happen here i'm surprised uh yeah at least towards the end there's always a the person that gets bitten you know uh but hides it and then slowly turning and then you're okay well when is the uh, uh when is uh, uh, when is it going to complete the transformation? Um, there, but um, going back to sort of uh, um, the so this is sort of uh, you know uh, Zach Schneider's sort of uh, second entry this year. He's already, he's a busy man. He's already gotten uh, two uh, uh, two entries uh, uh, two entries this year with uh, the Justice League and this one and. Uh, I, uh, it's it's good to see that he actually does have like a sense of humor when he's not dealing with uh, superheroes, that he has a little bit of, there's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of humor behind uh, it, uh, especially with the opening credits, which I think were the best, uh, the best part of the movie were the opening credits. And he, uh, you know, he, throughout his career, he knows how to do opening credits. Um, and this one is no different with uh, the, the, uh, uh the uh, the music choice and the uh, sort of the vignettes of uh uh you know that uh, some are homages to you know older zombie movies and uh uh and some are just uh uh, uh some are just the things you see uh you know the, the things that are repeated uh, ad nauseum with uh, within the genre but uh i think I think, uh, you know, sort of him as a filmmaker, uh, I think when he leaves sort of the uh, the superhero genre, he, he can go back to sort of being more playful and being more, you know, uh, at least having a little bit more of a jokey side rather than really having the burden of adapting these icons and legends to the screen. And uh, it's just an interesting sort of, uh, uh, sort of comparison uh, between how his career started and uh, what he's known for sort of right now.
1: I wonder well, about go
0: ahead.
1: Go ahead, Kenya. No, no, just to you know, comment on, you know, just to uh respond to the you know, having fun and 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 having a, uh, you know, there were some jokes in there. as <coughs> Justice League, his version of it. Oh uh, so I think he's very good with that. He's very good with um, you know, having kind of like the uh the humor in his films without it without overdoing it, I think he just is, is, is very appropriate and it's very, um, it doesn't get in the way of the, you know, in the film because like there's some, like Marvel, <clears throat> a lot of Marvel films, they try to have humor in there, but it's like, it kind of takes away from the film, like from the moment, like you could have a, a very, uh, you could have a very impactful scene, a potentially impactful scene, but when they throw humor in it. And the humor kind of dissipates the the energy of what it could have been, you know. what I'm saying so. I think Zack Snyder, I think he has mastered, um, you know, it, you know, injecting humor in, in his films without it um, getting way of, you know, whatever, you know, um, whether the drama of the scene or the horror of the scene. So it doesn't. It doesn't it doesn't take away. It kind of is, it's, he, he does it very appropriately. So, you know, you have to give that part to, to him. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people who criticize his film directing, um, but that's one thing you you can't say he's not good at. And also, too, I just want to point out that if uh, people don't, didn't notice that not only did he direct this film, he he's also uh, the director of uh, cinematography. He's a, he's a cinematographer for this film as well. And I haven't, I haven't really seen that that often. Uh, and, and, you know, in these in the film Usually it's like you're the director. You might even be director, actor. You might even be writer, director. I never I have really seen them also be the cinematographer as well. So I don't know if people do that. No, I didn't know that. And, and kind of going back to the, the idea
2: of humor in his films and i guess uh certainly i thought the the humor was appropriate in in this film and you're comparing it to to, to marvel products i think like you mentioned that sometimes marvel um, injects either too much humor or humor in the wrong moments or, or times um for that reason not to be too tangential but that's why i'm not a big fan of the um guardian of the galaxy movies at all because i just think there's way too much humor if the stakes are high why are you cracking jokes it's one thing to you know make an observation or something like that when you're in a situation and make a, a humorous kind of quit but there's just way too much uh, of that in some of the marvel movies uh, at the same time i think he's criticized Zack snyder's criticized for not having enough in some of his, his um uh, hero-based movies superhero-based movies um And if we're talking about this movie and his kind of DC stuff, it's like, well, why can't he, you know, choose to inject a little more humor in in the the DC product? Not to the extent that Marvel does, but uh, showing a little more, a little bit more of his personality because it seems as if he's uh, got his arms tied and he can't do that because from seeing this movie and, 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 um, the dawn of the dead movie he directed it's obvious he has that in him to to inject uh humor in appropriate times um but it's almost as if he doesn't have the green light to do that for the dc products that he does or does he self-impose this this limitation on himself it'd be interesting to figure out or talk to him as to why he's got this huge kind of um disparity in terms of the humor content and the the dc
1: products and and his other stuff um yeah dave, dave uh batista i think he was actually in the film and um i pretty much i've liked i've liked him in all the movies i've seen him in. um he was in uh what do you call it guardians of the galaxy he was in uh, you know the you know infinity movies the um uh, excuse me avenger movies when you know everybody was in them um he was in um, Blade Runner, the, the you know, the sequel. Yeah. Um, and I know it was just a small part, but it just, he has kind of, kind of reminds me of Arnold Schwarzenegger a little bit. Like, um, but I think he's a better actor than Arnold Schwarzenegger. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, he did grow. He did grow through time. He still, he, he still, he got better uh, as the, you know, the more moves he made. But I'm talking about in terms of he's a big guy because when you think about movie stars, you think of, of them kind of like, uh, you know, you don't think about these huge guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was like one of the um, only ones at the time, you know, until, you know, Dave Batista came around. Usually you have like, you have, you know, the stars with the muscles and everything, but they're probably like five, six, five, seven, maybe, maybe, you know, but like, you know, somebody like 6'5". I don't know how tall Batista is, but I'm guessing he's probably like 6'4", 6'5", or something like that. Um, or Schwarzenegger, he who's over six feet. And, you know, um, so this is the first time I've seen, like, in this action star, but he does, I mean, he does some drum pretty well. Um, so I know he's a wrestler and everything. I've never really seen him wrestle, but I know he comes from wrestling. Um but to, to I mean I mean that's act that's a different kind of acting what they do. but to to come into this um Hollywood films, you make making Hollywood films and you are doing action, you could do drama. I think he's doing this pretty well. and also uh, one of my favorite characters in the film was the helicopter driver. he's always had these characters because in Don again, it was the, uh, the wisecracking the wise um guy. I you know, He's from Modern Family. You know, it was it was interesting to see that actor in that role because he was, you know, he was a jerk too. And uh, you, you know, after seeing Modern him in Modern Family, it's like it's kind of cool to see some something. Uh, uh, I mean, he's still cracking jokes. And he's you know still funny, but his funny is more sarcastic, and he's a lot. It's a lot more pessimistic in in that film, but he always has that character that kind of like has that standout person that has this comic relief. Basically their job is to pull, you know, the comic relief portion of the the film. And the helicopter driver, she she was a very likable character. And the the character, well, my favorite poster film is when they were going to the casino, they had to go through that labyrinth of um, zombies, which I thought was interesting. They weren't moving. So, but you could kind of like it was kind of like a maze, right? And then the um the girl, what I thought was kind of weird, how she made it known that they're looking at the guy, the um you know the um the the he the head of security of the guy who sent them on the mission, you know, she she was like very you know verbal about not trusting him and. You know like uh they're gonna be watching him it. so it's like she put a target on her back with you know if if you are suspicious of somebody why are you gonna announce it like this because you know you you gonna then you, you're going to these kind of situations where you know that person could easily set you up you know what i'm saying that's kind of pretty much what he did when um she, you know she was trying to follow the pack and then he threw the um the light in a different direction and she kind of got lost in the labyrinth and she had to find a way out and i loved that character too i mean she had a lot of heart and everything but this a lot of criticism of this movie is that, that there are certain characters that you fall in love with and they die right away and she was like you know uh, she pretty much died right away. And, and and I had the same question that a lot of people seem to have. It's like, how come, it's like they didn't help her. It's like she, you know, he shot the tank on her back, but it's like, wh- why? I, I can't remember the names of the characters, but the guy who was, um, he was kind of like a YouTube sensation, killing, he was using killing zombies. Um, that was his stick on um, YouTube. And that was his that was his, you know, that was his homegirl. So it's like, why are you just standing there and not trying to, you know, they did try, they did shoot a couple, but it's like to me, I thought they could put forth <laughs> a little bit more effort to save her. And um so I just didn't get that part, but like I said, there's a lot of characters in this I, I liked and you know unfortunately, so consequently. She's one, you know, one of my favorite characters died right away, you know. Um, so that's one thing I can say about this film. It it, it did have a lot of likable characters in it.
2: Right. You mentioned the helicopter pilot, Tignitaro, uh played the role, and 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 apparently she was shoehorned in there. They they did a Christopher Plummer uh, <laughs> on top of um, Kevin Spacey in. Uh, that movie ah, name escapes me. Where they they shoehorned him in there. Um, all the money in the world is the name of the movie. Um, they, they they did the swap. Well, the same thing happened in this case. Um, I think the the comedian comedian or comedic actor's name is Chris christella um was initially in that role. They shot all the scenes with him, um, but much like Spacey, he had his own uh, controversy uh, around his own sexual activity or. Uh, I think sexually assaulting somebody or, or having uh, something uh, around the sex uh, 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 controversies that kept him out of this movie. They had to take him out digitally and replace him with her. So a number of the scenes you'll see um, with her character, um, while um, she's with the group, she's off to the side or they'll shoot a separate scene which is just, just her in the same environment where you don't even realize he's not being you know, shot with the group. Um, so, but yeah, I think that was a great character it brought the comic relief and I didn't realize that that was the case. They kind of shot, uh, her after the fact, um, until I'd read an article. I said, wow, that's pretty, pretty seamless in the way they, they were able to execute that. So I was really appreciative, uh of that, but, you know, also back to the idea that, uh, Batista, um, did a great job. He, he did. And I don't even, I didn't know, um, prior to me seeing him in other roles that he'd been a wrestler. I think I I, um, didn't know that until the Blade Runner 2049 that he'd been a a wrestler. I'm not into like wrestling, wrestling scene or anything, but I didn't know that. And I always think of characters who transition or try to transition from wrestling to, um, you know, I wouldn't say... Well, well, as you already mentioned, they, they do some acting with <laughs> pro wrestling anyway, but I'd say legit acting that's not kind of over-the-top stuff. Um, most of them, I, I think, don't fare that well. I think Batista being one um, and The Rock, I guess, being the other one who's kind of made the transition into the the film world as a big star. Um, and I'll make this case. I'll have a take and I'm hoping it doesn't suck. I think that Batista, even with his small catalog or smaller catalog, of films compared to uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think he has, a, 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 he's more depth. He, he's more uh, able to provide some um, sensitivity or at least uh, he's not as uh, over the top as The Rock can be at times. I think The Rock often leads or has led with his muscles. And even though Batista is also a muscle bound guy, uh, a large guy as you already mentioned, I don't think he leads with that. Um, at least in this movie, he certainly did not um the joke for many you know years is the rock was always this big muscle bound guy uh when he's done comedies and things of that nature kind of out of character out of place um and this guy is able to to kind of carry uh, out this role not leading with his muscles his muscles just happen to be there he happens to be a big guy but he also has a, a big uh, heart it seems and i was really impressed with the way he's able to uh communicate that on the screen he's i don't know what what the uh, actual regimen is for uh, uh, a wrestling star to transition to acting, but I think he's he's really done a great job of, of making himself uh, a legitimate uh, actor, and I'm hoping he gets many more roles and they're able to see beyond his size and his muscles.
1: And in, 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 in the um, Amari Hardwick character, I think the funny thing is, you know, I have to admit, I love power. It's a guilty pleasure. You know, it is a kind of like a, a soap opera, so, so to speak. But um, I think he himself, he has this presence on the screen that I'm like, I'm surprised he's not in more films. And hopefully this is because he's also just did a, another mo- movie recently. Um, I just can't, I can't think of it right now. American Skin. Oh, okay, there you go. American Skin. And... Hopefully, this is the start of more uh, film roles. I mean, this guy, um, like I said, I, I give a lot of props to Dave Batista, but I also I have to give props to Amari too. And, um, and man, I, I think he was excellent. So there's a lot of, like I said, good characters, good acting in it. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, this is kind of like springboard the careers of these. You know, just these two gentlemen. Because um, they would deserve it. Because, like, everything I've them in, you know, they were, they were great. Yeah, I would, I would agree with Aubrey having a
2: great performance in this, uh, showing a different side, I guess, to himself. Uh, but kind of going back to Batista as well, I, I think uh, he was kind of on his way to more mainstream appeal. He, he, he actually um, attempted uh, to do uh, comedy, Earlier, well, not this year, but in 2020, but with the pandemic, I think one of his releases was sidelined. I don't know if it was ever released uh, for streaming or in theaters. Not that I wanted to see this. It's one of the kind of like kids-based comedy, it seems. Um, I think it was My Spy or something of like that that title where he was a young child actor. I think they never work with children and animals, but he he's worked with a child in this one. And I think that was supposed to be his kind of foray into leading man status and into the straight comedy genre. Yet another film, um, late 2019 uh, comedy genre film, The Name Escapes Me um, with another comedic actor. Um, uh, But there's been this kind of uh, ramping up of, of, of I guess his star meter with different types of projects uh, he's showing his versatility with, with uh comedy and also uh with action like this but with with heart to it. So yeah, he his star is rising and, and hard work. I don't know what's next up for him, but he can you know with, with this uh be seen a little bit differently than his uh his power character ghost.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Dave Bautista. Uh, yeah, uh, he's. He, I've been a big fan of his ever since you know uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he seemed to. Um, he has sort of a different sort of presence than you know you would hear uh, normal uh, uh, wrestler to uh, uh, to actor uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, sort of role. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he definitely has a has sort of has a, a wide range now of uh, of roles, and um, yeah, his part in uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine was was quick, but um, really, uh, and actually, uh, he they they did a uh, sort of um, a little prequel. Uh, they did sort of prequel movies that uh, sort of uh, help. Um, uh, tie together uh, the first Blade Runner to the sequel. Uh, they did a few uh, sort of shorts, uh, both uh, animation and live action. And he's he's one of them. Uh, so you get the sort of the backstory of his character at the beginning. Uh, that leads to the beginning of, of the sequel. And uh, yeah, he's he he. Uh, I, I too wasn't really aware that, uh, you know, he was a wrestler or, or anything, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely a different skill uh, going from, uh, uh, going from, you know, the ring to the, to the screen. And, uh, he's really transitioned very well. Uh, he's very, he has a very good, great presence. He has great comedic timing. Uh, he could also be dramatic if you need him uh, to, he seems to have a good, uh, a good well of sort of, um, uh, uh, a, a good uh, yeah, sort of a foundation to uh, to go off of. It, it's interesting how you, you mentioned Blade Runner, and
1: they have some uh, kind of to tie the two films together, there's a, uh, <laughs> a animation. That's actually what they're doing with Army of the Dead, is that they're going to have some kind of, they did the same thing with Matrix, but they're going to do the same thing with did. They're gonna have some kind of prequel animation stuff going on. So I don't know if you guys heard that, but that's also, um you know, uh a, a, what they're planning to do. And I'm, I'm assuming it's going to go straight to Netflix. But I have a question. Did anybody notice the zombie robots in this, in this film? I noticed one, was there more than one? Yeah, I think there was more than one, and it's like somebody was showing clips. It's like, I didn't know the zombie robots at all, and I saw it twice. So, um, where, 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 where exactly, did, where, where the, when did you first notice the zombie robots? There's a character, um, I think his name was Guzman. He's the guy who,
2: you know, um, I think it's Guzman, uh, who in the casino, one of the casinos shoots a zombie and his head splits open. You can see like a kind of a metal skeleton underneath, almost like a Terminator style. It's really quick. I was like, wow, it looks looks like a a, a Terminator skeleton. Is that a Terminator? Um, And then didn't think anything else of it after I'd seen that because the story just keeps on moving. But then I I did look at um, a video kind of recapping and, and, and Uh, having spoilers uh, in it and it talks about how uh, Snyder was hoping that the actual uh, zombies would be not static but evolving into something and I don't know how you would take uh, (laughs) DNA alien or human and turn it into a a metallic being maybe there's something about alien DNA that allows them to transform part of their body into metal but okay (laughs) I didn't get that but I saw it. I, I didn't I was kinda curious as to what was going on. So afterwards I, I did look it up and he was trying to make them evolve. Don't know how that happens, but that was his rationale. That is uh rationale.
1: Yeah, I heard a theory that um that those were plants. Like uh I guess uh to kind of you know how like you know how like we have herds and then you have the sheep herders and then you have like um when you're trying to track sharks you you tag them and stuff like that so that's kind of like they we you know humans we made these robots to kind of be part of the pack and that's their way of kind of tracking their behaviors and so on so forth that's that's just a theory so um i I don't know if the uh uh the animation is going to kind of uh explore that a little bit more or not so i was just wondering if anybody had any theories on that because to be honest with you like you said it was real quick i i must have i i definitely missed it until i saw kind of like a clip of somebody talking about it so i'll just want to grab what you guys's thoughts were on that so mm-hmm.
0: no yeah they're American- very go ahead, go ahead. don't Oh, sure. Okay. Now I was just going to say, yeah, they're very quick shots uh, when it, you know, when, uh, especially I think at the last scene, there's a lot of them, uh, because you, see, you get a few like, uh, uh gunshots sort of, um, uh, effects and you see some sparks coming off of some of them. And so, yeah, that's, I think it's, but it's very quick. Yeah. It's very quick. It's, it's one day if you blink you miss it uh, sort of Easter eggs. I, I thought it was an Easter egg, just something I wasn't aware of, but apparently uh, it's just one of those unexplained things that uh, they didn't want to, uh, you know, elaborate too much more on.
2: Well, it makes sense as an Easter egg, if they're hoping to continue this, right. But if, if, this is a standalone movie. It's like, did they waste that effort? with uh, this Easter egg that goes no place, or they, they're just trying to make individuals who are watching it just, I don't know, ponder what's actually going on. Is this some kind of a, a red herring? or well, what is it? Um, and I'm thinking this works only if, through watching it, they, they have some more reveals or more hints going forward, or if they have, you know, more film. Uh, in, in a series, but I just think it's a waste otherwise.
0: Well, I mean, we get the epilogue at the the end with Omari Hardwick, uh, you know, going to Mexico. So, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe that was the idea to try and make this in, into a series. And uh, as uh, Kenyatta mentioned, there's going to be material that sort of uh, fleshes out uh, uh, this sort of new timeline of zombies, uh, you know, from the other uh, from the other ones. And then maybe Joe Morton walks out at some point with a
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> metallic uh, hand. Oh my god! This is a this is a uh, a mashup of, <laughs> of a zombie movie and Terminator. Who knows? <laughs>
0: Well, again, yeah, this also goes to sort of um, you know similar you know, similarities between Justice League and here. You know, there's the there's the epilogue in Justice League, the endless epilogue in Justice League, and there's the epilogue here, which there's no guarantee that there's going to be a follow up or any sort of uh, uh, any, uh, any sort of continuing adventures in uh, Army of the Dead uh, universe.
1: I, I have a question. Um, can you think of a film where? person directed the film and was did all the cinematography work because i'm i can't remember hearing about that before is this like the first time like has this been done before or
0: no no it's happened a few times um uh most recently i think is paul thomas anderson with phantom thread uh, even though no one is credited as a director of cinematography or a director of photography, uh, he was the one sort of, uh, uh framing the shots and, uh, doing all the lighting and composition. Uh, but, uh, Kubrick was actually infamous for sort of being both, uh, the DP and, uh, you know, all encompassing filmmaker on set. And he didn't really have any use for his, uh, his director of photography. He sort of, uh, just asked them to, to, uh, Uh, just to turn on the camera basically and and he would frame up all the shots he would do all the blocking with the actors and uh do all the lighting uh himself because he was such a uh you know he was such a micromanager on set uh no yeah uh, it it, it, it's it's it, it has happened in the past but usually yeah it's uh um it's with a filmmaker that uh, you know that, that really likes to get to uh, get in with uh, all the aspects in every single department and sort of uh, take over uh, uh, from that end.
1: Yeah, because I, I could I could see that happening on smaller films, but this is this is not basic. This is not a small film by any stretch of imagination. I mean, it's not the biggest film, but it's, at the same time, it was a pretty big film to. And this sounds sounds like such a a hard thing to do, um, to be in charge of so many things at the same time. Um, Because I've seen the behind the scenes, uh, and it's on Netflix actually, behind the scenes, and you can actually see him operating the camera. You know, I'm like, geez, (laughs) to do all, I don't don't think he wrote this film. Um, People can uh, correct me if I'm, i'm wrong but that's to have so many to you know wear so many hats at the same time i mean it's impressive to even you know the to get a film any film done it's impressive but it's even more impressive like like you said the um a lot of people give kudos to the um kind of like the uh he compared to overture uh overture the um you know, the credits scenes and stuff like that. And so like kinda of remind me when he when he did with the watchman. I love the you know the, the the opening credit scenes uh that, that lead up to the beginning of the film. Um and I can't remember, they do the same elaborate thing. Even with Dawn of Dead, that opening sequence I think was just so powerful. Um <clears throat> My, my son, you know, even though he was young, he watched a lot of horror films and, uh, it I mean, he's seen some really hardcore horror films and it didn't bother him. But for some reason, that film, we had to leave the theater. <laughs> 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 I, I was like, I was like, wow, uh, Zack Snyder, he must have did a, a very good job to, to, to scare him because he's seen some, uh, I was surprised he got so scared. But, um, yeah so so I, I mean that's that's impressive to to do it with all those hats at the same time like that so that's why I asked that question I mean what okay like you know St- Stanley Cooper, he's notorious for being so micromanaging and being so meticulous and such a perfectionist but at least somebody is holding a camera somebody else is holding a camera. But this one, he seems like he's doing everything. But, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, Zack Snyder has a lot of critics. And, um, of course, I don't like every film that he's done, but I've always been a fan. I like a lot of his films. And um, this is a testament of his talent. You know, and he showed this, and um, he's definitely made a comeback for all the doubters. You know what I'm saying? Because it kind of reminded me of M. Night Shyamalan, when, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's had a lot of, a lot of films I, I liked. And then all of a sudden, he just had, like, one um, film that, that, what's the word? It, it failed. One failed attempt after another. But he stuck with it. And luckily, he had so many chances because when he came, when he made his comeback, he made it big. And Zack Snyder is kind of like, you know, um he, you know, to, to, to his fans, he never left. But to a lot of doubters, he's, um, I mean, he's, you know, there's going to be some hardcore doubters. But I think he won over some people uh, that criticized him uh, prior to the, uh, you know, his version of the Justice League and then this. So, you know, kudos to him, man. Yeah, uh,
2: you mentioned... I think, uh, Jeff, you mentioned it as well. Um, Zack Snyder's ability to create an interesting um, and engaging um, opening scene or, or, or intro or credit scene, or whatever you might want to call it. Um, certainly, that was the case with, with this movie. And I would say in, in terms of, like, the Watchmen, as you mentioned, Kenyatta, that was the case. Also, um, to, I like the... the <laughs> The intro to The Watchmen, better than The Watchmen. uh, The movie itself. I wish the rest of the movie was as engaging as that opening. But, um, yeah, he's one who, I think, is clearly talented. um, But you kind of made a comparison with him and M. Night Shyamalan. I think Shyamalan's also talented, but I think in the early going of his career, um, with the success of uh, The Sixth Sense, I think he just tried to keep going for this uh, series of films where there'd be a twist that the audience would not see. And I think the audience um, kind of, after seeing trailers or hearing reports of what a movie is about, they're trying to figure out um, what that twist will be. Like, I know that was what I was doing when I I walked into um, Unbreakable, the one that followed up Sixth Sense what's the twist going to be In all the subsequent movies i was trying to figure out what's the twist i think once he abandoned the idea that there's going be a twist to what he's doing um that kind of uh upped his game he, was, he wasn't working on that formula i think that there's a certain um formula that that uh snyder goes by too um but it serves him well because it's, it's not a matter of trying to find that twist um his formula works well And I guess we'll continue to work well as long as audiences just want to see that product and aren't trying to solve something uh, ahead of time. Uh, Case in point, I had solved like Shyamalan's The Village within 10 minutes. Like, okay, this is what's going to freaking happen, right? So but there's not that piece with Snyder that's got to be kind of solved. I think if he can figure out a way to do what he's doing now, but in some instances, he needs to figure out how to um, take certain elements out uh, I, I did like this movie. I've seen it uh, twice, uh, Army of the Dead. I saw it for the second time last night. And I just find myself wondering if some of the fat could be cut. And I think one of the pieces of fat that could and should have been cut was about 10 minutes or so that feature on a character that, in my opinion, wasn't necessary. And that is the Theo Rossi character. Um, I guess he establishes early on that um, there is a, a, a measurement, uh, a temperature-taking piece to determining whether or not someone's going the zombie route. I guess that could have been done with somebody else in a different scene or even just discussed without showing it. I know you want to show and not tell, but um, in his case, uh, every scene that he was in, that scene, the scene where he's used as uh, a sacrifice or a zombie bait, and then you know him being converted into a, a zombie, that sequence, we don't see him fully turn at that point, but we see what he's, you know, the duress he's under and the hierarchy and him being thrown out to the wolves, so to speak. Um, and then him re- returning. It's like all of that stuff, I think could have been removed from the movie. Yes. There could have been a discussion of, or even showing a different character being made uh, into uh, the sacrifice. But I just think all of those scenes together, it's probably like 15, 12 to 15 minutes that could have been taken out and wouldn't have hurt the movie at all.
0: Yeah, that's the. I should. That's one thing I, I will. I will say. Yeah, this is you know a two and a half hour long movie that's uh, basically just to shoot them up uh, with uh, you know zombies as a target. But I mean, I didn't really uh, feel the length as I did it. You know, with Justice League, and you know, yeah, Justice League is you know, a, you know, an hour and a half longer. Uh, But I I really felt the length, especially with the slow-mo, and he dials down the slow-mo here uh, quite a bit, uh, thankfully. I think there's only a really few quick instances of speed ramping with this. um, but yeah, I, I, no, I always say that. Yeah, I, I do think Snyder is a talented filmmaker. He's uh, he does have a vision. He, um, I don't always agree with the vision, especially with how he adapts uh, certain uh, characters, especially the DC the DC universe. But uh, he definitely knows he, he knows how to shoot an opening sequence, uh, opening credit, at least opening credits uh, wise. Um, uh, but. You know, he's developed a very strong, he's developed a very strong fan base, uh, sort of because of that. And, um, you know, that that's one reason why we got, uh, you know, his version of Justice League is because of the, um, the fan appeal, uh, to, to Warner Brothers to try and, uh, to get his, uh, uh, to get his version of his version of the work that he started on, um, but in terms of i don't know i guess like some sequences of uh you know the of, uh, of zombies getting shot in the face you know that they, they, that could have been trimmed i guess that could have been trimmed down a bit because it get, does get a little repetitive and also it takes away from the threat that the zombies present you know if they're just being mowed down you know um just uh, uh you know uh, just like uh um you know, if they're mowed down that easily, uh, you know they uh, they don't really. You kind of lose the, the the amount of tension that there is uh, if uh, that be, that uh, because uh, there's there's less of a danger that they pose. Um, yeah, I, but again, that's the reason why you come to these is to see. You know, Dave Batista and uh, many others, and Dave Batista and company. You know, take down. Uh, um, uh, take down the army of the dead. And, um, so I, uh, maybe, uh, maybe that's just my own, uh, my own taste sort of about how horror should be done and that, uh, uh, it doesn't, uh, uh that would be different from what, um, what, what, what most audi- other audiences would expect from this.
1: Yeah. Like I was saying before, return of the living dead, how, you can't you can't stop them from shooting them in the head and um i'm surprised that the other uh, zombie film after that um kind of took the cue from that and i think like you said if if that element was put in here i think it would have upped the tension because like okay you shoot them in the head you stop them but imagine if they um like i said took the cue from return of the living dead where even they won't stop no matter what cuz um cuz once you have an army cuz think about it um compare like a zombie film where you have no weapons you know you might have you you know you might have a machete or whatever you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying then you have a horde it's different tension you know when you have a character in that position compared to having well trained You know, military people that good, and they have, and they're fully. You know, I mean, eventually, you know, you run out of bullets and so on and so forth. But um, they had plenty at the time, and you know, and and these armies were fast. But like you said, they were. It became almost almost like a video game feel to it, you know, compared to like a horror. Uh, element to it, because the tension is not as intense. I mean, there was tension in this film, but I think um, it could have been elevated if, uh, you know, the stakes were raised, you know, if they, you know, if, it was, if they were harder to kill. Um. Yeah, and another thing I want to bring up, too, is the uh, I thought was interesting how the alphas they could have they could they could procreate which i thought was was interesting you know and um you could get to the point where you can't you, you're not relying on you know uh because a lot of zombies they rely on humans so i think there was a part of the film where um they were dropping from i guess they were i guess because the heat door they're rotting and and if they didn't get, I guess, the human flesh in time, or the, excuse me, if they didn't uh, get the you know, um living people in time, they're eventually just right away. Am I am I correcting this? Um it's been it's been I haven't seen it in a week, but um you remember do you remember a scene I'm talking about where there was a scene where there was like there were piles of people uh, you know, the the zombies who, like they kinda like just decompose to the point where they are disintegrated. Right. You remember that part? Yes. Yeah. Now, so,
2: I, was, so I was wondering, though, when I was seeing that, is that they decompose if they don't get access to human flesh, to eating human flesh. Mm-hmm. I think it was that a combination. might combi- be a reason why.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, there was a combination between, like, the the heat and the... Um, and not have an asset, because I think there was something like in other zombie films, it was like like I'm gonna I go back to Return of the Living Dead, how it's like they needed they needed um, living people to to I guess the brain. it, it took away the pain and because 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 um, if you think about zombie films, why are they so attracted to living peoples? So is is that how? anything they do with them like because if you think about the walking dead they're exposed to elements so like if if a zombie's in water eventually they become mush <laughs> you know what I'm saying so so them, them them eating living flesh is that their way of kind of like uh kind of protecting them from you know continuing to rot and stuff like that because they are dead people they just you know um reanimated so 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 to me like them being able to procreate you know um they could kind of uh they could kind of increase their numbers instead of just riding away and you know they're not really reliant on and they're becoming stronger too looks like the alphas are are much stronger
0: Well, that scene you mentioned uh, with the sort of desiccated uh, corpses. Uh, there's a quick throwaway line that I thought was going to, you know, come back again. It's said by I think the the coyote uh, that leads the, the band uh, into uh, into Vegas. Uh, that um, you know they're they're sort of. Uh, uh, corpses now, but when it rains, uh, they come back in, to life. And I thought that was going to come back uh, somehow, you know, even though it doesn't really rain a lot, you know, in the, in the Vegas, but, uh, you know, um, I thought for sure that was going to come back, uh, somehow. And, um, you, and you brought up that, uh, these zombies can procreate. I thought that was another thing. That was another interesting sort of angle that wasn't really explored. Um, you know, uh, that, uh, the zombies can now, uh, you know, uh, can, uh, can reproduce uh, can have uh, uh, can uh, children of the uh, can have children of the that are born that are undead uh, but uh, you know the, the bride gets you know gets decapitated uh, you know at the end and really doesn't have much to do uh, or it really doesn't have much else to do with uh, with the plot uh, so again it just goes to this is a very you know simplified uh, and very uh, just bare bones uh, zombie flick uh, that doesn't really uh, that it pres- I think there would have been a lot of avenues to go uh, with, it, with it, but they choose just a straightforward uh, uh, shoot em up Makes me wonder, I mean, I shouldn't even, my
2: brain shouldn't even go here, given that, you know, this is a zombie movie. I shouldn't be thinking about uh, the, the science of it or anything, mm-hmm. but I'm like, okay. Zombies cannot procreate. What does that say about ovulation and about sperm mm-hmm. production and all <laughs> All the, the mechanics of yeah. uh, zombie reproduction. Yeah,
0: that's, yeah. Uh, maybe, that, maybe that's the reason why they kicked it to the curb. Uh, they just didn't want right. people to thinking too hard about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unless they're saying they're aliens and then not zombies. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Because, like in the beginning, that's what they started you Know there's like, oh, you know, the whole they took the whole story about era 51 and <laughs> you know, um, saying, okay, this is where this, this, uh, whatever they had in their, um, you know, in their tank, you know, um, they kind of you know, uh, hinted at and um, how it just moved much different. That's probably why it could move different from zombies. So, um, so there's some alien that's like it seemed like there's a lot of things that were interesting interesting uh you know tidbits in here but they went on unexplained so 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 uh definitely i don't know whoever wrote does anybody know who wrote this this uh this
0: It's uh, it's Schneider's story, but uh, there's other co-writers, and uh, you know, but he did he did have a hand in the script, uh, at least if oh, okay. uh, the credits are to be uh, you know to be believed. Uh, so it is, it's, you know, yeah, he did have a huge hand in uh, you know crafting uh, the story and the script.
1: Yeah, because I'm I'm wondering, did, did they go in like saying, okay, we're just gonna throw this interesting stuff in there, but it's basically a, a shoot 'em up or you know, what was the plan was to knowing ahead of time, okay, we're going to have some animation stuff to kind of add to the story. So I'm just wondering, you know, um, what the idea was. Because it seemed like Marvel films do that. Um, Star Wars, the the, the Star Wars sequel seem to have done that, where it's kind of like they write the story. It's like wasn't fully mapped out, like, they try to compare, like somebody did a meme where they compare Marvel films, the Marvel universe, the films of the Marvel universe, compared to the DC, the films of DC universe. How Marvel was planned, actually planned out, and DC was making it making it up as they were going along. Right. So yeah, this film kind of has that feel to it. it. was like, okay, you you do this stuff in there, not with they have everything planned out. So you guys like, do you think he, things were mapped out or do you just think that they just kind of like, okay, this was a, a, you know, just like a a a, a, a entertaining film, a straightforward shoot up and it is through threw interest and stuff in there or do you think they have actually a well thought out plan ahead of time?
2: See, I think a lot of movies these days uh, always want to keep the door open for sequels, right? And which which might mean that they're thinking about creating sequels as they're making the original movie or or designing it. But at the same time, they want to make sure that uh, at least if they're doing it right, that the first film is in itself a complete thought, a complete story that can stand alone. So sometimes movies seem to be a little bit ambiguous in terms of, you know, what its goals or aims are because they're looking to continue it, but they can't continue with a sequel. Sometimes that renders the first movie, um, not pointless, but it doesn't have the same weight behind it. So, um, not sure what the focus was with with Snyder uh, on this one, but I think I think it's been become pretty standard now that that most films, especially if they have a, got a sizable budget and some recognizable stars, will have the door open for for future sequels. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, Snyder's approach, after seeing the Snyder cut of Justice League, it seemed as if he had some future plans, um, with the epilogue especially, but is that done in his own way to um, pique the audience audience's interest and uh, get the, the, the backers, the funders, to, to give him a green light for another film? This is his way of kind of saying, okay, we've got enough interest, give me money, give me the, the latitude to do what I want to do with this next film. I don't know which it is. It seems as if it's a device, though, for him to kind of have another picture in the works. Mm -hmm. don't know how much uh, attention he's got to the future sequels and how they're all mapped out. Uh, As you mentioned, Marvel does a great job of it because I think they already know. Uh, They've got a budget to do 10 or 20 movies or whatever, so let's do this. An individual filmmaker doesn't know if he has the money for the next film. He's not his own studio, so I mean, that's, the, that's the difference. DC is its own studio, but I think they they were kind of late to the game, that they, they, they saw what Marvel was doing. Um, and I don't know if they understood to the degree that Marvel was gonna have uh, its own universe. I think if you look at the initial Iron Man, there were some hints at that with the end credits, right? But I don't think they had any clue that what Marvel was planning was on the scale that it actually was. So I think the, what DC was doing was their own individual movies, and eventually they shifted gears to to go toward that universe setup. But because the earlier movies were just standalones, they had a hard time transitioning into that that universe setup.
0: Yeah, it's hard to tell uh, whether or not you know there was there's some intention to sort of expand out uh, you know this uh, this zombie timeline uh, you know uh, with, uh, with, all, with all the stuff that we mentioned, uh, or maybe they just, uh, uh, they just decided to do away with, uh, the, they just decided to change course, whether that's during filming or during the, the scripting, uh, you know, just to simplify, just to, you know, water, just to distill everything down just to, you know, basic stuff. Uh, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see if, uh, you know, uh, where, um, uh where uh, zach where, where zach decides to go with his career you know after uh after he's seemingly done with uh you know uh, uh wB um he seemingly has uh, sort of uh gone wants to go in a different direction uh, depending on how much uh, you know if Warner Brothers comes uh, you know at his beck and call to try to do try to do more of, of his uh, way in, uh, like, uh, try to do more of his way in like try to do it more his way with uh, the um, the DC but uh, yeah we'll see if this is sort of his announcement that he wants to do more stuff like this uh, more horror related and you uh, um, you know that that pays homage to you know classic sort of uh, genres and uh old, uh you know uh um and uh, the the stuff that he he obviously has a uh, a, a, a a huge uh, a huge nostalgia for
2: well i think also people have to recognize just how difficult i think it is to execute uh what marvel has done i think um, they've done 20, you know, movies with the idea that they've created a universe where everything kind of interlocks, intertwines, the stories kind of match up in various areas. And what that requires is, you know, some person, one person at the helm saying, nope, this works, this doesn't work. And, and just being able to, to, to mix certain ideas. Yes, they use different directors on different projects, but the story has to fit into the universe. And it requires, you know, you know, individuals who oversee the entirety of, you know, th- this process to make sure it's all going to fit. I don't know to what degree um, any person or studio uh, can or will be able to execute what Marvel has done. I I, I don't I can't imagine anything uh, rivaling that. It, it, it's extremely intricate to, to have all this stuff work. Um, from the, the, the timelines of things happening in the movies to you know, even just getting um, consistency with regard to to actors playing the role. I mean, everything is difficult. And then the timing of filming all this stuff, too, right? So it's one reason why this whole pandemic threw Marvel off, because they've got a sequence of movies. The movies can't come out of sequence because they're all tied to one another. And then it affects how they're going to shoot the next movie. And whether or not you'll even have another movie for a certain character because this character is getting old now or whatever. you know. So all these contracts, all the, the sequence of shooting, the storylines ma- matching up, it's difficult to create a universe that, that makes sense that the audience wants to see. So yeah, the, I think what we've seen with Marvel is something that's going to be done once and once only. I even question whether or not the next phase or phases of Marvel can match what's already been done. Because mm-hmm. at some point there's got to be um, I think Feige has to lose you know, a little bit of his interest, or uh, maybe even lose his edge. I don't know if that would be the case, but I just I'm, I'm amazed at how they're able to to weave all this stuff together. And I think to expect anybody else or any other studio to do it um, is expecting a little bit too much. Very ambitious to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll see how uh, you know everything like pans out after you know pandemic after. Um, after everything and all and, and all the uh, dust has settled, uh, to see what the the results are. But uh, yeah, we talked about sort of failed franchises and uh, you know uh, you know non starters. Uh, you know the most infamous being the Dark Universe, uh, which uh, is, it was sort of just one of the casualties of trying to copy the Marvel formula without uh, you know having the real um, having everything planned out to the letter of how to do that. And uh, uh, so my hope is that, uh, you know, uh, other studios, you know, Disney will keep on, you know, trying to turn out, uh, you know, uh, their uh, stuff, uh, uh, trying to uh, expand out the uh, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, that's their bread and butter. Uh, They'll try to do that, you know, run it into the ground. But uh, hopefully other studios will try to go back to, you know, smaller budgeted works like uh, I, I don't know what the budget of, uh, army of the dead was per off chance. Uh, I don't think you, I can't imagine it was too, well, okay. Maybe it was, a. in, um, okay. Maybe it was a little bit on the, on the, uh, on the more expensive side, but something on the vein of, uh, just, uh, works that don't require, you know, huge amounts of planning and huge amount, you know, movie, you know, huge amount of other movies to tie into it in order to, uh, and you know, just standalones and, um, that's sort of it seems to be what uh, dc will, will will try to do from here on out uh with their uh with their characters and their superheroes but um you know hopefully other studios follow Pat, you know with non superhero movies uh you know more you know uh, uh more mid-budgeted movies that uh, uh you know may may not have a huge mass appeal uh, but uh, they cater to certain audiences, and that's maybe that's hopefully the the best thing that could come out of it. Uh, Coming, uh, uh, you know, having a, a year of shutdown theaters is uh, the studios will try to re- have their recoveries in a different way, rather than just trying to hold, you know, stay the course with franchise building. Final thoughts, final words. So,
1: well, my final thought is that um. The Dawn and Dead remake. At uh, the very end, they were they made it to the island. and There were zombies there. I would love to see Zombie Island. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, because there's a documentary like I know we do recommendations. I haven't seen yet, but um, I'm dying to see it. If you guys saw, it, let me know. But it's uh, on Shutter. It's 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 um the whole documentary is on 80s uh, horror films and um there's a part 1 and a part 2 uh i think it's called something darkness it's Doctors Doctors um, is this darkness 1 and darkness 2 um search of darkness there you go In search of darkness have you seen it the documentary i haven't
0: seen it but yeah i know i know what you're talking about yeah i know
2: it's uh... i might have seen it i've seen a bunch of documentaries on on shutter I might have seen that one. There's several documentaries on 80s horror, or not 80s horror, but horror in, in general. Um, uh, it's quite possible. I've seen that. I've seen so much uh, on horror. I'm a horror geek, if you will.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it's relatively a new documentary, I believe, because I've never seen it before. So I, I'm guessing that it's new, but I would definitely... Um, I, I'm dying to see that because... Um, this horror films in the 80s were just very fun thing to watch. Um, you know, and uh, when I say Zombie Island, that kind of really harkens back to kind of like the 80s, you know, um, the kind of movies we made back then. And they were just fun films to watch. So definitely, um, you know, like I haven't seen, I'm going to check it out soon. But um, I would say, let's, you know, check out In Search of Darkness, uh, part one and two. Um, Definitely Dawn of the Dead, the remake. I would say the whole um, George A. Romero's uh, catalog, like from Night of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Day of the Dead. And um, Land of the Dead, the remake, I I wasn't the biggest fan of and um, Diary of the Dead and, and Survival of the Dead. Those are kind of like, you know, they're not as good as his earlier works. So if you haven't seen, like I said, uh, definitely check out Data of the Dead and Daughter of the Dead original and the remake. Um, now, you could probably skip the remake to Night of the Living Dead. It's not as good as the original, but it was it was OK. It was it could have been worse, but it was it was OK, you know. Um, but that's something that came out in the 80s, you know. Uh, it's just one of those things that's you know, uh, probably a uh, I, I don't know, I don't think George did. Is anybody familiar with Night of the Living Day remake? Did George Romero direct that? Does anybody know? I don't know. Oh, okay, well, anyways, you know, if if you could skip any any one of those, definitely you know, skip that one and just see the original. And, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, storytelling, and um, I think it's better to have it mapped out ahead of time. so, like, oh, okay, you know, I'm gonna do this film and I'm gonna lead to all these interesting ideas. And just in case it gets, it, it becomes very successful, we could kind of like, you know, um, expand on you know the stuff that we kind of mentioned in the earlier film. So, so, but if it, if it doesn't, if it's not successful, if they don't throw a lot of money at it, you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, I don't. know, to, to me, I think it's better storytelling if you kind of know where you're going. You know, um, instead of just uh if you if you're not if if you don't think, you know, if you don't think it's gonna go anywhere else, it'll be nice if you kinda expand on it instead of just kinda like, you know, putting all these Easter eggs in it and it doesn't go anywhere. It's not going anywhere. So um that's just my 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 conclusion to today. So
2: yeah, my final thought is is a lot like that in the sense that if you're going to have Easter eggs, you're going to have items in the movies um, that are supposed to lead somewhere or lead the audience someplace, there has to be a place they're taking them, right? You just can't suggest that there's something there uh, and not take them there uh, unless you're going to have a sequel, unless it's already in the works, unless you know where is this going beyond uh, this one standalone entity. Uh, at the same time, you know, with the the, the zombie genre, um, really aware of Night of the Living Dead, um, of course, it preceded my birth, but saw Night of the Living Dead, of course, out of sequence from the other Romero flicks. As a young child, I remember seeing promos, uh, commercials on TV for Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and these movies, and those were my first kind of foray into the the, the zombie genre. Um, with those being first. It made Night of the Living Dead, while still a classic, it made it, uh, its pacing a little bit um, less uh, palatable. Yes, impactful. Yes, important being the granddaddy of them all, but it's different. I all this to say that the genre um, from Night of the Living Dead to the movies that came shortly thereafter, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, um, they evolved, they move forward, and I think with the zombie genre, it's got to continue to move forward. I think Army of the Dead allowed there to be some new uh, ideas around zombies, um, them being intelligent beings with a hierarchy was one. Um, the way they were able to negotiate in, in some sense with, with the, the humans in the movie was another. Um, and then, of course, adding the, the heist aspect to the movie, um, it's like Ocean's Eleven meets uh, Dawn of the Dead or whatever, Day of the Dead. Um, that kept it a little bit fresh and made it different. Um, and again, the, the, the idea of there being some type of a, an alien or human uh, uh, hybrid uh, made it interesting as well. So I think for future zombie movies, in order for them to stay fresh and not go the way of uh, a TV show like uh, The Walking Dead is to find new ways to add bits to the the zombie lore or wrinkles to the story. Um, And by adding the element, as I mentioned before, of time, you've got to get this done in a certain amount of time. It ups the stakes uh, as opposed to people wandering aimlessly, i.e. The Walking Dead. So I I second everything Kenyatta said in terms of the recommendations of the Romero series of of movies. Um, Of course, the the, the granddaddy of them all, the living dead is a must watch for anybody who wants to understand the genre. But what made that movie important was again, adding something allegorical to it or social commentary to it, right? I think that the best horror has that element to it that it's got some uh, social commentary that can be um, gleaned from it, either from somebody who's aware of the times and and the the the, the analogies that are being made uh, in, in the movie. Um, again, that also ups it. So, watch Romero's uh, series with that in mind, knowing that um, he's making um, statements about the world that he was living in, we were living in then, um, and hopefully future filmmakers will make similar movies that kind of weave through a theme of this is where we are. Yes, this is a horror movie, but it's making a statement about who we are and what we're going through right now.
0: Right. Right. And, uh, so I have a weird recommendation. Um, so, you know, I uh, a I I even though this probably isn't the first movie that comes up uh, probably when you're thinking of the modern sort of uh, zombie craze that uh, sort of uh, took place in the, uh, you know, uh, 20, 15 years ago. Uh, I Am Legend with uh, Will Smith, but my recommendation is to watch the director's cut of the ending of uh, I Am Legend. Uh, I do not care for the theatrical version uh, actually too much. Um, it's fine for what it is, but I think uh, what the original idea was is so much better. And I won't spoil it here uh, because I really do want people to actually see it. And I think that, if anything, is 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 much more in keeping with uh, uh, the original idea about uh, you know zombies and you know uh, uh, these. You know uh, the hordes of uh, of uh, of attack. This this force of nature that uh, is unexplainable and inexplicable, and just. um it's devastating, but it gives us sort of another sort of edge. And I, of course I won't spoil it, but because I really do want people to see how much, uh, how much better the director's, uh, the director's vision of that movie. Uh, I, uh, I don't remember the director's name, but it's, uh, Will Smith's, uh, uh you know, uh, solo work in I am legend, uh, that came out, uh, God, well, you know, going on 14 years ago, but, um, In terms of final thoughts, uh, as we've discussed, uh, you know, zombies have a huge, you know, grip on um, on horror. And certainly it's been a staple of horror for, you know, ever since the late 60s and uh, been a staple of uh, folklore for a lot longer, you know, uh, you know, for long before that. Uh, but as good horror does, it reveals sort of uh, the boogeymen or the the boogey people of uh, of what we're of what a society is afraid of at the moment, and I think that's what uh, zombies sort of do on a on sort of a very uh, super you know well not superficial uh that's not the right word sort of a visceral level is that uh, we're sort of all afraid of this unexplained force of nature just coming in and, uh, completely just, uh, upending the world. And, uh, you know, that certainly happened last year, uh, <laughs> sort of, uh, with, uh, the pandemic and, uh, the coronavirus. Uh, so, but, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, as, uh, as good horror should do, it helps to sort of encapsulate our fears and explain them well, and explain them in a way that, uh, um, that other genres may, may not be, uh, may not even tempt, but, uh, you know, army of the dead uh, is good. It's good schlock. I'll say that it's good schlock. It's uh, you know, it's a good uh, time. If you, you need, if you need time to kill for two and a half hours, yes, it will do that for you. It will do exactly what it says on the box. It'll give you a, a good shoot 'em up with uh, zombies, but uh, definitely, definitely delve in. If you have not seen uh, sort of the, uh, what uh, uh, Schneider and the company are homaging here. Definitely see, uh, you know, the grand day of the old, Georgie Romero's work, or uh, the others that have, <clears throat> the other movies that uh, have sort of been popularized uh, with this, uh, uh, with those recent zombie craze. All right.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, one one more on. thing too, I just want to, because you mentioned I Am Legend, right? I do veer through the ending, and, I, and I, you know I kind of echo this, the same sentiment that um, the, the, the directors uh, cut the ending is much better. but I think what made that film a lot better that I kind of mentioned this earlier. It was too much CGI. It to me it would have been much better if it was like I said, the old school makeup, you know that Tom Savini, you know, top Tom Savini. Type of makeup. We didn't yeah. mention
0: Tom Savini at all. Well, we able yeah. we to. Okay, we gotta we gotta mention. It, otherwise, we're gonna get we're gonna yelled at online if we don't mention. Yeah, it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would have made that film so much better.
2: No, you're right. if so funny. I mean, yeah. You, It was Will Smith starring in Roger Rabbit. Was what it actually was in terms of these cartoon uh, zombies. (laughs) (laughs) Right,
0: right, 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 right. Yeah,
2: it was when that's an exaggeration, obviously.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it was when CGI wasn't quite ready for uh, you know full body rendering. Uh, But but again, I I recommend the movie, but just. Just watch the director's the director's cut of the ending, which is uh, it's a big change, but I think it makes it puts everything in better context uh, with uh, the original director's vision.
1: And uh, and also too the the whole uh, zombie genre also it kind of exposes uh, in terms of um, how people respond to like. Um, like, not just apocalypse, but when we have to work together. It's like, it's kind of like you're doing things when it's too late. You know what I'm saying? And then when it's too late, um, how do you respond then? You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, like when everything's honky-dory, you know, um, you know, uh, I guess we take that for granted and we kind of mistreat each other sometimes in certain instances, right? But when a tragedy happens, we band together, right? But when you kind of lose all hope, um, you know, I mean, people can turn on each other. It's kind of like, sometimes they could be more dangerous than the zombies I've I've seen. Like in in The Walking Dead in the case with uh, like Negan or whatever, you know, uh, the governor. Um, So that element, it's, it's kind of here, too, in Army of the Dead, where you have, you know, people um, are busy still trying to make super soldiers and, you know, delving into things that are like what, what, what business? Why, why are we trying to make, uh, you know, um, we're dealing with nature? We're kind of like, instead of working along with nature, kind of like how we're supposed to, like the in Indians and so on, so on, so forth. We're trying to manipulate in such a way to kind of ultimately what to to um, for 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 greed and for just kind of more nefarious reasons, and how that can I, I guess you know you mentioned social commentary. I guess that's where the social commentary could come in, and how that you, you like you kind of show the differences of people working cooperatively together and building communities and so on so for, and so forth and trying to work along with nature opposed to people like, um, you know, trying to manipulate nature and, you know, for more nefarious reasons and how, you know, humanity, kind of, we kind of lose the humanity of it. But, you know, humanity, it, in peri- it, uh, it, you know, in general. So um, I guess that's just my addendum
0: uh,
1: final thought, so.
0: We thank you, as always, for giving us a listen. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast on everything zombies all the way up to Army of the Dead. You can continue to feast on our brains or at least our thoughts with our next podcast where we'll be talking about some movies that we love. Be sure to look out for that soon. Feel free to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. You can support this podcast in the Screenwriters Group with a monthly donation by clicking on the support button at anchor.fm. You can find Kenyatta and I hosting the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com and on YouTube with our forum recordings. You can join us by RSVPing to a virtual peer-reviewing script meetup by using the link in the description. We wish you all the best in your writing and all of life's pursuits. Continue on staying strong.